Welcome home. As you listen to New Life the Fort, may you continue to experience the fullness of joy, life, and Christ in the days ahead. It's my joy to be in the house with you today. And uh, I want to talk to you today about walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Who wants to learn about how to walk in the Spirit? I just, I just love um, the topic of walking in the Spirit. And I want to I learn more and more every day. I want to learn more about walking in the Spirit. And uh, because I believe that walking in the Spirit is actually the highest level of, of maturity you can attain to as a believer, as a Christian. Walking in the Spirit. It's actually the highest level of maturity. See, immature people, they walk in the flesh. They walk just by their natural desires, worldly thinking, feelings, emotions, fears, anxieties, temptations, sins. Just walking in the flesh, that's actually just immaturity. And not having the ability to overcome those things, just being subject to them, just, just accepting them when they come. But walking in the Spirit, you actually overcome the flesh, and you walk in the supernatural, you walk in the things of God. Amen? And so... <clears throat> The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, that he who walks, sorry, sorry, yep, Galatians 5, 16, ah, very good. <laughs> I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And so a lot of people, a lot of churches, unfortunately, they, they want to just teach you the, the 25 steps to not walking in the flesh, and the... 500 reasons, the 500 ways how to crucify the flesh and the old nature and how to just not sin and how to overcome sin and how to stop sinning and how you mustn't sin and the 55,000 reasons for what will happen to you if you do sin and so you shouldn't sin. And we've got to teach you over and over again how to overcome the flesh. But the Bible says, they who walk in the spirit will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So if you want to teach believers how to overcome the flesh, teach them how to walk in the Spirit. Because when you walk in the Spirit, you'll just overcome the flesh. The flesh cannot rule over you and make you do whatever it wants to do when you're walking in the Spirit. Because your Spirit is leading, and your Spirit actually wants to live for God. It wants to serve God. It wants to live righteous. It wants to be passionate. It wants to make every sacrifice for Jesus. It's not even a sacrifice. Okay, When you walk in the Spirit, there's no sacrifice. Because your spirit wants to live for God. Amen? You guys are responding well. You guys are responding better than the previous service. Just letting you know. So well done. Keep it up. All right, we're going to preach together. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So walking in the spirit. I believe walking in the spirit takes care of everything. See, if you want to hear God, learn how to walk in the spirit. Because God is spirit and you are spirit. And we have fellowship with God, spirit to spirit. The problem is people are trying to understand God from the mind. Amen. And they're trying to hear God with their natural ears. And they're like, oh, where is God? I can't see him. I can't hear him. Is there a God? And since Adam and Eve, they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mankind, ever since then, mankind has been trying to relate to God through the mind through the natural, through the physical sense, through the natural realm, through the mind realm. But you, can't, you don't know God through the mind realm. You know God through the Spirit. When you get born again, your spirit comes alive to God, and all of a sudden you can know God. You can hear God. 
And, and it's one of the biggest questions believers are asking is, how do I hear God? How do I hear the voice of God? And it's actually very simple. Learn how to walk in the Spirit, and you will hear God. John, the Apostle John, says in the book of Revelation that on the Lord's day, he was in the Spirit. He was in the Spirit, and he heard a mighty voice behind him. And he turned around, and he saw the resurrected, glorified Christ. He was in the Spirit, and he heard Jesus. He said he turned around, and, he, and, and Jesus spoke like the sound of many rushing waters. So he was in the Spirit, and when he was in the Spirit, he saw Jesus, and he heard Jesus. If you want to hear his voice, if you want to see what God is doing, get in the Spirit. Learn how to walk in the Spirit. If you want to know the will of God, that's actually the number one question believers are asking. What is God's will for my life? Amen? What is my purpose? What is my, I don't know my purpose. I don't know what God's will is. It's because we're trying to understand it and know it from the mind, from the natural realm. When you get in the Spirit, you learn how to walk in the Spirit, you will know the will of God for your life. Amen? You will know God's purpose. When you walk in the Spirit, you will overcome the flesh. You will overcome sin. When you walk in the Spirit, you will walk in the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. You will know your spiritual gifts and just begin to operate and move in them. So there's many benefits to walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is the highest level of holiness you can live from. It really is. Because you are in the Spirit. You are seated in Christ in heavenly places. That's where you are seated. And when you learn and you know that and you begin to live from that, that is actually holy living. Holy living is not about what you do. It's about where you are. You could spend your whole life not sinning. That wouldn't make you holy. People could spend their whole life not sinning once. They wouldn't go to heaven. You can't make yourself holy. The only thing that can make you holy is Jesus. His sacrifice deals with all of our sins and makes us righteous and holy once and forevermore in a split second. Amen? And when we come into Christ, we, have, we, we die with Christ. Amen? We're buried with Christ. We're raised with Christ. We ascend with Christ, and we sit down in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is your heavenly position. That is your holy position. See, to be made holy is to be separated. The word holy doesn't mean sinlessness. It does, the Greek word holy or sanctified is the word hagiasmos, and it means separate or to separate or separated. That's what the word holy means. It means separate. And so when we believe in Christ, we get separated from our sin. We get separated from our old life we were, where we were dead in sin, where we were lost in first Adam. We get separated from that, and we get brought into Christ raised into new life with Christ and seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is where we are. Ho holiness is not about... <laughs> what did you say? New life. new life. Amen. New life in Christ. <laughs> holiness is not about what you do. It's about where you are. And, and when you understand where you are seated and that you've been made holy once and for all and you begin to live 
from your position in Christ. That's walking in the Spirit. See, walking in the Spirit is actually living from your position in Christ, not your earthly condition, your natural flesh and mind and all of that. It's actually living from your eternal heavenly position in Christ. That's your holy position. You've been made holy with Christ. And when you live from that, that's actually holy living. And when you live from that place, you will overcome sin. And people say, Ryan, you, you should preach more on holiness and you should be hard on sin and, and teach people not to sin and you should teach them to be more holy. I say, what are you talking about? I preach the highest form of holiness. And that's living from your position in Christ. It's walking in the Spirit. Because when you walk in the Spirit, you will not gratify the lust of the flesh. I preach the highest form of holiness. And so what is walking in the Spirit? That's a good question, right? What is walking in the Spirit? Because Galatians chapter 5, verse 25 how many know what that says? Galatians 5, verse 25, it says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So that sounds like two separate things, right? There is living in the Spirit, and then there's walking in the Spirit. Now, if you live in the Spirit, you should also walk in the Spirit, and so the, the thing is, everyone that is born again, if you are born again, then you are living in the Spirit. You live in the Spirit because you're alive in the Spirit. The Spirit has made you alive. You're no longer in the flesh. You're now in the Spirit. You're born again. Romans 8 verse 9 actually says, if anyone is in Christ, they are in the Spirit. They're not in the flesh. Okay, so when you believe in Christ and you come into Christ, you get born again, born of the Spirit. Amen. And so every believer lives in the Spirit, but not every believer walks in the Spirit. So that's why Paul has to say, if you live in the Spirit, also walk in the Spirit. See, walking in the Spirit is not automatic. If it was automatic, then you would see every believer on the planet walking in the Spirit. You would see them overcoming sin, living passionate for Jesus, wild on fire for Jesus, but you don't see that, right? There are a lot of believers who do walk in the Spirit, but there's also a lot of believers who walk in the flesh. Amen? They just live from the natural, from the flesh, from the desires of their body, from the temptations of their body, from the natural, from their emotions, from their fears, their anxieties, their unbelief. God says, I want you to do this, and they say, oh, I can't do that. That's flesh. Amen? It's not believing God. And so a lot of believers actually... Just they, they're alive in the Spirit, they're born again, and they're living in the Spirit, but they're walking in the flesh. And Paul says, since you live in the Spirit, also walk in the flesh. And so the thing is, you have to do something about it. What do you have to do? You have to get in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. And so the question is, well, what is walking in the Spirit? How do I, what, is, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? And, and, then, and then how do I walk in the Spirit? What is walking in the Spirit? And how do I walk in the Spirit? Anybody want to know the answer to those questions? All right. Well, you came to the right place. Amen. So to walk in the Spirit, I believe, is three things. There's three components the Bible reveals about what it is to walk in the Spirit. The first thing is to walk in the Spirit is to walk in the Spirit covenant. 
The Spirit covenant is grace. Amen? It's the grace covenant. It's the new covenant. It's the covenant of the Spirit, not of the letter. The letter kills. See, the old covenant is called the flesh covenant because it's all about your flesh. It's all about your performance. It's all about what you must do in order to earn God's love and blessings and favor and avoid His curse. And it's all dependent on your performance. And if you perform bad, then you cut off and you're far from God and you smash to pieces. And if you perform good, you might have a little bit of blessing until the next time you perform bad. And it's all about your performance and your flesh. Amen. And in Galatians chapter 4, it actually says the old covenant is the, is the flesh covenant, but the new covenant is the spirit covenant. And so when you get born again, you come into grace. Amen. You're no longer under the law. In fact, you die to the law that you might belong to another, Jesus Christ. You come into grace. We are saved by grace through faith. Faith from first to last. It's not through works that save us. We can never work to save us. Amen. It's, it's we reign in life through the, through the grace of God and through the gift of righteousness. Okay. And so when you get born again, you come into the covenant of grace. Now you have, relate to God through grace. You have a relationship with God through grace. Under the old covenant, you have a relationship with God through the law and through your performance. Under the new covenant, you have a relationship with God through grace and through the Spirit. You receive everything, every blessing, every blessing in the heavenly realm through the Spirit as a gift. And so Paul says, since you live in grace, also walk in grace. So part of walking in the Spirit is to continue to walk in grace. A lot of believers, they get saved, born again by the grace of God. Oh, thank you for the grace. And now I must go back to the law to serve God. No, no, that's, that's not true. God doesn't want us to try to serve Him under the law. He wants us to serve Him under grace. Amen. So since you, since you live in grace, also walk in grace. This gets tested the most just after you sin. Amen. Okay. How many of you sin? Put up your hand. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to put up your hand. But uh, sometimes, just, just to let you know, sometimes I sin. Okay. Oh, my gosh. See, I know a secret about all of you. I know that all of you sometimes sin. Okay. None of you are perfect and walk, walk perfectly in the Spirit. We're all learning. We're on our way to learning how to walk and sometimes we fall. Thank God we fall forward in grace. Amen. We don't fall backwards into the law and have to claw our way back to God. No, we just fall forward into grace. God, I'm sorry I did that. That was stupid. I'm, I'm an idiot. And he says, don't call yourself an idiot. You're a son of God. You're a child of God. You're the beloved of the Father. You're not an idiot. You're not a pauper. You're not an orphan. Stop talking. Stop speaking that over yourself. You're a child of the living God. You've been forgiven of all your sins, past, present, and future. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And even though you sinned, you're still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I say, God, I'm, I'm sorry that I sinned. I'm sorry I did that. My spirit, my reborn nature didn't want to do that. I, I just gave in in the flesh. But God, I just thank you that the way is still open. I still have peace with God. I thank you that my sin didn't cut me off and take me to the other side, back on the other side of the cross. No. And then I've got to, you know, claw my way back through repentance and confession and trying to get forgiven of every one of my sins. And I've got to try to do that in order to get back on this side of the cross. No. Since you live in grace, also walk in grace. I sin and when you sin and mess up, it doesn't take you back on the other side of the cross. No, you're in Christ. You're born again. You're, 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 you're united with Christ. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. 
If you sin, he doesn't just kick you off the throne and put you back in the grave and back on the other side of the cross. Amen? No. Even when we mess up and sin, we're still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That doesn't mean, oh, we just think, oh, that's great. We can just run out and just sin now. I don't know about you, but I'm born again. I've got a new nature. I don't want to just run out and sin. I'm not looking for ways just to, that I can just sin more. People say, oh, this grace message is just, it's just causing people to sin more. My friends, I, I would never preach a message that empowers people to sin more. I'd be an idiot to do that. I've been a pastor for many years, and I've seen what sin does to people. I've seen the destruction of sin in people's lives. I've seen it destroy marriages. I've seen it destroy whole churches. I've seen it destroy children's lives. I've seen it. I've experienced it. People that I know have been destroyed by sin because sin is distracting, and sin is destructive. And it wants to take you down some dead-end road and destroy your life. We mustn't just go down that road. We must continue to walk in Christ, in, in, in the Spirit. Amen? Now, if you mess up in sin, you don't have to go down that road. You can, you can just continue walking in grace. Amen? But I would never preach a message that empowers sin. And the grace of God, the true grace of God doesn't empower sin. It actually empowers you to overcome sin. It really does. It really does. Because it, it, it is the Spirit covenant. And when you preach grace, you're preaching the spirit. When you preach law, you're preaching flesh, performance. You're getting people's focus on their performance and on their flesh and on their sin and sin consciousness. And you've got to try to be more holy and you've got to try to overcome the flesh. And, and all it's doing is ca causing people to focus on the flesh. And when you're in the flesh, you'll sin more. Okay, People that live in the flesh and focus on the flesh, it actually gets easier and easier to sin. But when you keep your focus on Jesus, on what he's done for you, on grace, on His righteousness, that I've been born again, that I'm alive in the Spirit. When your focus is on that, it actually takes you into the Spirit. Grace of God is the Spirit covenant, and when you teach it properly, don't be afraid of it. It's not dangerous. It is dangerous, but so is driving on the road. But you don't tell people, don't drive on the road because it's dangerous. Amen? Yes, the grace of God is dangerous, and some people can abuse it and just use it in fact, you can't abuse grace. You can either just use it or don't, not use it. You can't abuse grace. Grace is grace. Grace is perfect. It's beautiful. You either use it or you don't use it. If you, want, if you use it, it can empower you to overcome sin because it'll take you into the Spirit. And when you're in the Spirit, it's easier to overcome sin because people that walk in the Spirit will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Amen? Grace of God is a beautiful message. And I, I, I believe I preach a a, a balanced grace message, which means it's a healthy message. It's Bible. I believe the whole of the new covenant. Amen. <laughs> Don't have to be afraid of grace. There's some people that preach a weird grace message. There are some people that it's distorted grace. It's not the new covenant. It's not what Paul preached. Okay, it's like strange doctrine. We must preach sound doctrine, sound grace. Amen. Since you live in the Spirit, also walk in the Spirit. Since you live in grace, continue to walk in grace. Ooh, but grace is dangerous. So what's the other option? We just go walk in the law. The law disempowers you. It, it, it disempowers your spirit, and it actually empowers your flesh. You're striving. And people that live in this place, they preach so much on holiness. Oh, you must be holy. The church must be holy. You must focus on holiness. You, you just, 
You, you scratch around in their life, you're going dis- to discover there's some pretty dark sins happening in their life. Because when, you, when it's like this, then it forces sin to go underground. It does. And, and when, when sin is in darkness, it's just easier and easier to sin. Okay, but, when you, but grace is the light. And, it, and, it, and, and you can walk in the light. And you don't have to be ashamed in the light. Because his throne is a throne of grace. It's not a throne of judgment. And if I sin and mess up, I can say, you know what? To your brothers and sisters, hey, I'm struggling right now. I messed up. My, my, my spirit does, didn't want to do that. But I, I just gave in to some stuff or I'm being tempted with some stuff. Would you, would you help me? And there's no judgment. There's no one judging you. Say, oh, you weak Christian, you fleshy, sinful. You know, it's like, no. No, grace actually enable, opens up the atmosphere where we can just be honest with each other, vulnerable with each other, and say, help me. Pray for me. Help me to walk through this thing. Let's walk through it together. Amen. But law covers things up because no one wants to appear like a sinner under the law. You know, otherwise, you know, if, you, if you're bleeding, don't, don't swim with the sharks. And, and under the law... If you're sinning, don't you dare tell anyone. They will, they will maul you to death. They will devour you. Amen? <laughs> anyway, I actually want to talk about the second point, which is um, walking from your reborn spirit. Okay, so what is walking in the, what is walking in the spirit? It's, it's, um, it's walking in the spirit covenant in grace. Secondly, from your reborn spirit. Thirdly, in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So to walk in the Spirit, it's walking in the Spirit covenant from your reborn spirit, not your flesh, not your body and your mind, your emotions, your feeling, but actually your reborn spirit, walking from your reborn spirit. So you make your decisions not from your mind and your body, but you make your decisions from your spirit that's alive to God. Your government, your consciousness comes from your spirit, not just your natural flesh. Amen? So it's to walk in the Spirit covenant from your reborn spirit, and in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so I want to talk about the second point, living from your reborn spirit, from your born-again spirit. And, and this is something that believers around the world don't really understand. They don't really understand what took place in them when they got born again. The miracle that happened, the Bible calls it regeneration or rebirth in the spirit. Titus chapter 3 says, when we believe, when we got saved, we were actually born again, regenerated in the Spirit, and a miracle actually took place inside of you. Many believers don't, 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 they don't know that. They don't think anything happened. They, a lot of believers think, I don't know whether I'm saved or not. In fact, they think, I have to spend my whole life trying to be holy and righteous, and then only at the end will I know if I got saved. Well, I'll get saved right at the end and then go to heaven. But if I live sinful, then I don't know. If I die in sin, then I'm going to go to hell. No, when you believe in Jesus, that's when you get born again. Amen. Jesus said, unless someone is born again, they cannot enter the kingdom. He said, you must first be born of the flesh, born of water, and born of spirit in order to enter the kingdom. So we're first born of the water. That's when we're physically born. But when you believe in Jesus, then you get born of the spirit. Miracle takes place. And when, when does somebody get born again? When do you get born again? At the end of your life after living sinless? Or when you believe? When you believe in Jesus? 
That's the point of salvation. That's the moment you get born again. And when that happens, the Holy Spirit, He takes your spirit and He supernaturally identifies it with Christ and He unites it with Christ and you are baptized into Christ. You are united in Christ's death, His burial, His resurrection, His ascension and His sitting down on the throne. Your spirit has been united with Christ. It has, been, it has come alive to Christ. When you got born again, your spirit came alive to Christ, and it became part of the new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Amen? Amen. We all know that scripture. He is a new creation. Well, when I got saved, nothing changed about my appearance. I still looked the same. Nothing changed in my body. My body didn't become a new creation, okay? I mean, you might look at me and think that I'm a part of the new... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, my, my body actually is still part of the old creation. My body is still subject to decay. I, I got news for you. If you're saved, it, you know, your body is still part of the old creation order, the fallen world that is subject to frustration and decay. Our bodies are growing older, getting more wrinkly, getting more saggy. Okay? When you got saved, you didn't just instantly lose 30 kilograms. Okay? Nothing changed. In your, it's still part of the old creation. Your mind, you still got all the same thoughts and thinking in your mind. You know, all, still the same ways of thinking. That's why the Bible says we've got to offer our body as a living sacrifice and be transformed by the renewing of our mind. But what, so, so if my body and my mind didn't become a new creation, then what part of me became a new creation? Your spirit. Your spirit became a new creation in Christ. And so the new creation is the eternal realm. It's the eternal order. It's the creation that we're going to be living in for eternity. Amen? The new creation. And so your spirit right now is a new creation. Your spirit right now is a part of the new creation order. It's not part of the old creation anymore. Behold, all things, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Your spirit right now is exactly how it's going to be in all of eternity. Your spirit has been made perfect in Christ. In fact, let's read Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. It says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, speaking of Christ. And verse 10, which is just an awesome, amazing scripture. And you are complete in Christ, who is the head over all principalities and power. And you are complete in Christ. Other translations say you are, you've, re, re, you've received fullness in Christ. Okay, what part of you is complete in Christ? Your body? Your mind? No, it's still the same. Your spirit has been made complete in Christ. It's been given fullness in Christ. In other words, nothing else can be added to your spirit. Nothing else can be changed inside of your spirit. Your spirit was born again. It was made alive. It became part of the new creation. In fact, your spirit has been glorified. Not your, your mind and your body have not been glorified yet. One day they will be glorified. We will receive a glorified body. 1 Corinthians 15, when Christ returns, our bodies will be changed in the twinkling of an eye to be like Him. That's when we receive our glorified bodies. And in 1 Corinthians 13, it says that, now we know in part, you know, talking about our minds, now we know in part, we understand in part, but when perfection comes, when eternity comes, when heaven comes, then we will fully know all things. We won't need gifts of wisdom because we will know all 
things. That's when our mind will be glorified. Okay? So our our mind and our body are still part of the old creation. One day they will be glorified, but our spirit is being glorified. It's part of the new creation. It's seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen? It's been given fullness. It's been made complete in Christ. Your spirit right now is how it's going to be in all of eternity. Sin cannot exist in your spirit because your spirit is perfect. It's got the fullness of Christ in it. Your spirit is like solid gold. Okay, you could drop the gold in the dirt. Your body, your mind can sin. See, your spirit can't even be tempted to sin. It's just perfect. It just wants to live for God all the time. If you live just from your spirit... You would live in perfect righteousness, perfectly in the will of God, passionate for Jesus every moment of every day. You would give, give anything for Jesus. Nothing would be a sacrifice if you could just live from your spirit. The problem is our mind and our body gets in the way. Amen? Our mind and our body gets tempted. Okay? That's, see, Adam and Eve, they walked in the spirit. They walked with God in the spirit. It was the most normal thing. Then the enemy came and he tempted them in the mind and the body. Amen? They saw that the tree was good for gaining knowledge. The mind was being tempted. It looked pleasing to the eye. That's the body, the physical. But if they stayed in the spirit realm, they actually would have never fallen. Okay, because your spirit doesn't want to sin. It wants to live for God every moment of every day. And if we will learn how to walk in the spirit and subject our body and our mind. See, our body and our mind shouldn't be our master. And see, a lot of Christians that are walking in the flesh, the mind and the body is the master, the flesh is the master, and the spirit is the servant. And, and the spirit can't lead and make decisions because the mind and the body are in control. And so we have to offer our body as a living sacrifice and renew our mind, which means we actually have to learn how to surrender our mind and get our mind and our body to lay down, so, or to sit down, so our spirit can stand up and rise up and rule and govern us. Because in our spirit is all the fullness of God. It's the nature of God. Perfection, Hebrews 10, 12 says, He's made us perfect forever. We've been made perfect in our spirit forever, not until our next sin, but forever. Amen. Our spirit has been made perfect. And if we could live just from our spirit, I tell you, we would overcome all the desires of the flesh. We would hear the voice of God. And so God is calling us to walk from our reborn spirit. Amen? Problem is, often it gets covered up. People don't know that they've got this incredible born-again spirit. In fact, you've got the nature of God. God said that I will write my law on their hearts. So when you got born again, God wrote his law on your heart, in your spirit, on your innermost being. And that's not his Ten Commandments. That's his nature. Amen? The nature of you've got the nature of God on the inside of you. That's the new nature. Hebrews, I mean, Ephesians 4, verse 22 to 24, it actually talks about put off the old man. That's the old creation man, the mind and the flesh. Put that off and be transformed In the spirit of your mind, that means learn how to surrender your mind to the spirit and put on the new man. Okay, put on the new. See, you've got to do something about it. It's not automatic. Walk in the spirit, it's not automatic. You've got to do something. You've got to put on the new man. You've got to put off the old man. It's like mind, body, sit down. You're not in control. 
You're not leading me. You're not making decisions. My spirit is in control. My spirit is making decisions because my spirit is one with Christ. It's perfect in Christ. It's got God's nature. And if I, amen. God's written his law in on your heart. You know your spirit hates sin. Do you know that? Every single one of you, your spirit hates sin. It's your mind and your body that get tempted. Your mind and your body gets tempted to sin. And that's that's the the battleground, right? That's where you got to resist. That's where you got to subdue. That's where you got to be a living sacrifice. Yes, I feel like doing it, but you know what? Body, you're dead. You died. You're dead. You don't get to control me. My spirit is alive, and it wants to live for Jesus, and that's what controls me. And so my spirit says, body, no. Sin, no. And you can do that. Amen? Amen. Hmm. It's good stuff. You getting what I'm saying here? So it's helping you? See, nobody needs to say to God, oh, God, you shouldn't lie. You shouldn't steal. You shouldn't commit adultery. You shouldn't cheat. Hey, I mean, no one needs to say that to God because that, that would be the most weirdest thing. Imagine having to tell God you shouldn't lie. Hey? Imagine having to tell God that. It's, it's like the most strangest thing because it's not God's nature to do those things. God is just perfect in his nature. His nature is so righteous. It's holy, pure nature. And, and, and born, if you're born again, if you're living from the Spirit, no one should have to say to you, you shouldn't lie, you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't cheat. You don't need to have the law telling you those things. Why? Because you've got God's nature inside of you. Your nature doesn't want to do those things. Your nature actually doesn't want to do those things. See, sin under the old covenant, we were dead to God and sin was on the inside. We had a sinful nature and law was on the outside trying to control the sinful nature. Amen. And sin on the inside was trying to just get out and express itself through us. But law on the outside, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And it was trying to control, okay? And, and the law couldn't transform us, couldn't make us born again. It could just like temporarily try to control us. But law actually stirred up sin, revealed sin. But when you get born again, all of a sudden sin is on the outside. He's, he's circumcised us of the sinful nature. He's cut it out of us. We no longer have that... Our spirits no longer have a sinful nature and that are dead. No, our spirits are alive to God, a part of the new creation. There's nothing sinful or dark or evil that exists in our spirit. Now it's all just pure gold. It's the life of God. It's the nature of God. It's the righteousness of God. We've been created after the righteousness of God and after the holiness of God. Our spirit is perfect. And so under the new covenant, when you get born again, you're Sin is on the outside, and, and his law, his new nature, is on the inside. And so his new nature now on the inside is trying to live out through us, but sin is on the outside trying to get in. Amen? It's trying to get in through our mind, through our body. But if we just walk in the Spirit, his nature, we won't want to sin. We don't want to sin. And sin can't just get in. Amen? And when we're in heaven, we're going to be just perfectly in the spirit, glorified body, glorified mind, glorified spirit. We're going to be perfectly walking in the spirit. How many of you realize there's not going to be any need for any law in heaven? 
No one in heaven, there's not going to be any law that in heaven that says, oh, you shouldn't lie, you shouldn't steal, because no one's going to be doing that, because we're all going to be living perfectly from our spirit, from our new nature, in the spirit. Amen? And so, to walk in the spirit, we've got to do something about it, okay, because I wake up in the morning and I'm not in the spirit, and I don't know about you, but I don't just float out of bed in the glory Say, I'm ready for you, Jesus. I'm ready to live for you and just walk in the Spirit. And everything is just wonderful. And I just trample on all the snakes and the demons. And I just heal the sick everywhere I go. Oh, yeah. And just revival follows me everywhere. No, I, don't, I wake up and there's spit coming out my mouth. And my hair's all messed up. And, and there's sleep in my eye. And I'm pretty grumpy. And, and I've actually, if I just got up and just lived my day like that. I'd just be in the flesh, just walking in the flesh. At some point, I've got to actually get in the Spirit. At some point, I've got to actually offer my body as a living sacrifice and be transformed and renew my mind, surrender my mind. At some point, I've got to say, uh, you know, it's good to wake up in the morning and say, uh, I just have an announcement. Body, just letting you know you're not in control. Just letting you know you're not making the decisions today. Okay? Body, it's okay. You can just sit down. Mind, you're not in control. You're not making decisions. You both, mind and body, you're both serving me today. You're going to serve me because my spirit is the master. My spirit is the leader today. And we're going to do the things that God wants us to do. We're going to walk in the spirit today. And you're not going to stop that from happening. Amen. And so when the Holy Spirit says, hey, Ryan, I want you to do this. I want you to go and say that. I want you to go and give this. I want you to go and bless those people. I want you to go and spend time praying. Yeah, worshiping. Uh, my spirit just says, yes, amen, let's do that. But my body is saying, no, I don't feel like it. Uh. And God is saying, come on, Ryan, you need to have faith. We're going to the other side. I said we're going to the other side. And yes, there's a storm. And my body says, but look at the storm. Look at all the trouble. Look at all the hardship. My spirit says, that doesn't matter. Shut up. Jesus said we're going to the other side. Now my spirit says, yes and amen. And so when you live from your reborn spirit, you can actually be led by the spirit, the Holy Spirit. He can say, come, Ryan, let's go this way. And my spirit says, yes, we're going this way. Come, body, come, Ryan, we're going, we're going to go this way. But when you're in the flesh, the Holy Spirit says, come, Ryan, let's go this way. And the flesh says, no, we want to go this way. <laughs> this way looks better. And so we've got, to, we've got to do that. We've got to offer our body as a living sacrifice. And we've got to renew our mind. Renew our mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I don't have time to talk about this, but in my book, Extra Virgin Grace, there is a chapter called Redefining What Renewing the Mind Is. And it's, and it's a teaching that actually looks at why does the Bible use the word renewing the mind? Why doesn't it say reprogramming the mind? It actually says renewing the mind. It's actually all about taking our mind back to that place when God first created Adam and Eve, when they had a new mind, where they walked in the spirit and their mind was lower, and it was subject to the Spirit. The mind wasn't in control. It was actually surrendered, and the Spirit was, they were led by the Spirit. And so renewing our mind, and through the fall, their mind became old, and their mind actually came into ascension. And so when we come into Christ, our spirit comes alive, and our spirit needs to take the governing place, the ascendancy, and our mind needs to be renewed, which is to go back to that place in the garden when it was subject to the Spirit. Because when we transform by the renewing of our mind, then we will know the perfect will of God. Our mind will be surrendered to our spirit because our spirit actually knows the perfect will of God. Our spirit has perfect faith. 
The fullness of God's faith is inside of our spirit. The fullness of His truth is inside of our spirit. The fullness of all of God is inside of our spirit. And when we walk in the spirit, we will know the will of God. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope this has helped you today. It's been an honor and a privilege speaking to you once again. But I want to encourage you to just practice walking in the Spirit. Since you live in the Spirit, also walk in the Spirit. I tell you, if you can do this, you will, you will be so much ahead of most of the body of Christ. Most of the body just wakes up in the morning in the flesh, lives their day in the flesh, and all kinds of things try to come on them and trample on them and smash them to pieces, and they don't do anything about it. They just think that's their life. But actually, when you're in the Spirit, you know you have authority in Christ, and you can just deal with any spirit that comes again. You don't have to tolerate it, accept it, any kind of worldly, fleshy thing that comes. You don't have to just bow down and let it just walk all over you like a doormat. You've got authority. You can stand up in the Spirit and crush all those things. Deal with them and crush them under your feet. You can say no to sin. Amen. So why don't you just lift your hands. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your truth today. Jesus, we thank you. You are the living Word. Oh, You're not some theory. You're, you're a person. You're the person of grace. Oh, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence right now. We just say, Lord, we, we want to learn more and more how to walk in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, teach us. In Jesus' name, we say, just activate our spirit that we can be like Superman and just remove, like Clark Kent just had to remove the, the, the suit and the old clothes and reveal the Superman that was inside. And thank you, Father, you've made us all Supermen and Superwomen, Supermen of the Spirit and Superwomen of the Spirit, reborn. Help us to have a revelation of what happened to us when we were saved, when we were born again, and help us to live from that place, our reborn spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com.